0: Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Channel Monet, And today we have another special segment with Saver Girls, Saver World, who is geared towards lifting up young uh, girls of color and just making sure that they have a place in this world in a smart and safe way. Today, I have two lovely young ladies with me, Miss Latasia Lasus and Aisha Habib. Welcome you both to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce you both here because you guys are literally amazing oh my gosh um ayesha is a mother licensed mental health professional creator of hustle and wealth wellness planner and founder of voices of generations and by partnering with her clients are able to learn strategies to heal repair and restore relationships with themselves and others that are emboldened to create their ideal life and Latisha lassus uh, she's also an intern with saver Girl, save a world and she is recently she recently graduated from carolina university with her bachelor's of art in psychology Yes, ma'am. And she wants to get kind of focused more into like the psychology realm and things like that. So we will be definitely be discussing that today. And as you guys should know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I believe that Civil saver Save the World is doing their job by having discussions and being a part of movements to help break mental health stigmas that affect millions of people emotionally, psychologically, and socially. So I hope you guys will enjoy this conversation today as we talk about mental health and all things like that, because you guys know, I'm a huge advocate. So let's get straight on into it. Um, Firstly, I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys like how you got associated with Save a Girl, Save a World so we can go ahead and move on. So um, Aisha, let's start with you.
1: Sure. I started out with Save a Girl back in 2010. I think a year after they got started, I was the program manager for years, Um, probably about 10 years. I um, just kind of stepped out the role to be more on the mental health professional side. Um, So providing them that um, area of focus. But yes, I ran the program um engaging with mentors, the professional mentees, ensuring orientation ran smoothly, all events, and things of that nature.
0: Yes, ma'am. I love. I love. Yes. <laughs> Latasia, how about you? How are you associated with a Save a Girl, Save a Girl World?
2: So I started out with Save a Girl, Save World in February. I've been hired as the health education intern. I'm, I'm responsible for creating the curriculum in a creative way, in a creative technique, to ensure that the materials that the ambassadors need to go ahead and promote the Speak Up program um, is ensured.
0: I love that. I'm so glad that you're trying to, you know, find ways to... Make creative ways into letting people know more about mental health and creating programs for people to understand, you know, what mental health is and why like we should be focused on that. But while I have you, Latasia, why don't you discuss like how you got into mental health? You know, you now have your Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. Congratulations. So how did you kind of start in that realm and why did you think you wanted to focus on that?
2: So it actually, my interest in mental health around middle school and high school. Um, just from my personal experience with mental health, I had like you know just a few, you know growing up growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in. I was raised in Miami, Florida. There's a lot of violence going on, um, just family problems. So you know, I did have some troubles with like depression and things like that. And just being able to overcome that, it sparked my interest in it and it made me want to um, just learn more about psychology and mental health and what it was. So in high school, I decided to take an AP psychology class and I actually did really well in the class. I ended up getting college credit for it because I did really good on the exam. And so um, ever since then, I was like, okay, well, I have a psychology major now because I'm so interested in this. So once I got to college, I was like, yeah, this is for me. (laughs) But I think that is really interesting how you saw that. And you were like,
0: if I focus in on this, I can maybe make a career out of it. Actually, do you want to get into psychology? Yeah, psychology, obviously. And so just focusing on that, I'm glad that you finally like made that path and that you're on route to succeeding in that. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And Aisha, I can ask you the same thing. Like how, why did you decide to get into mental health? And, you know, uh, as I mentioned in your bio, you focus on relationship bonding, especially between mothers and daughters. So how did you want to get into that? And why did you want to go that route?
1: Um, So my path wasn't as quite purposeful as Latasia. So I always knew I had a knack for helping um, individuals. I was resourceful. I could always research and I was analytical with my research. Um, So I could come up with a solution to almost anything. Um, And my friends would always say, just ask Aisha. She knows, she'll find it. Just let her find the resources. So I knew I was resourceful, but I thought I wanted to help the community in a different way. And it was more so um, I went to school initially to be a math teacher. Well, after teaching math for one semester, um, (laughs) I taught eighth grade math um, in the inner city um, for one semester at a middle school. And during that time, I realized that our children had a bigger issue. It wasn't just their inability to learn math or they didn't understand it. It was, they took a series of tests before they even got to school. Some of them had no running water. Some were being a parent to their younger siblings. Some didn't have water. I mean, didn't have food to eat. So it was all of these different dynamics. And now I'm asking you some more problems when you get to school. So then that's when I realized, oh, wait, I have a bigger purpose and I want to kind of fulfill it that way. So that's when I went to school to be a social worker, first earning my bachelor's and then earning my master's focused on um, macro level. So it's um, considered policy and um, leadership in social work. And then I went on to get my license. So I do some interpersonal work and I have two daughters, 21 and 15 now. So that relationship is very, 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 very important to me. And I get to instill in them as well as other mothers and their relationship, what I didn't have and what I yearned for as a young mother, um, teenage mother. That is
0: really powerful that you kind of went deeper and you were kind of like, the main issue is that, like you said, it's that it's not that kids can't learn. It's like there's like a disconnect. And so the way that you wanted to target that and the way that you wanted to kind of embrace like, OK, how can I target a specific problem? It, like, this is why we need more like teachers. I guess I can call you that. And, you know, people like you in this role so we can get into those problems, because like for me, like math is my jam now. But, you know, like maybe like back when I was in middle school, I was kind of like, why, like, where, where is this like disconnect? And then it was kind of like the mental health part of it. And it was just kind of like, I, it was, it's also like a confidence thing, which is also like a part of the mental health. It's kind of like, well, I don't really feel good doing math. So why on earth would I try to get better at it? You know, but like, that's like that whole attachment and, you know, it could go from, you know, all other kinds of subjects as well, but I'm really glad that you're able to dissect that and see like, this is the route that I want to go. And this is how I want to get into that. But this kind of leads into my next question about like, do you think it's like difficult, and we can pinpoint the Black community for this? Like, do you think it's difficult for them to seek like help uh, for their mental health, and like, do you think that they would receive like backlash or anything? And so, I think there's just kind of unfortunately the stigma in the Black community. It's kind of like we have to be strong all the time, and it's kind of like if you have like a mental disability, like there's something wrong with you, and so like seeking therapy is kind of looked down upon. And Aisha, while I have you, you can maybe take this one about like. Why do you think if there is like difficult, why is it difficult for Black people to you know receive help uh, for their mental health?
1: I think that, I'm so glad you used that phrase about being strong. I want to erase that narrative that we need to be strong. Do not call me strong for my struggles that I've overcome, that I, I just don't feel great about that. Um, I'm happy that I overcame them and I appreci- I'm grateful for that, but to correlate to the strong, call me strong about something else. Um, but I think that, now, I think it's generational. So when we talk about seeking help for mental um, health and also um, ensuring that we are mentally well, it's generational. I think um, the, the generation, I would say, maybe even started with millennials um, and younger, they're more in tune with their mental health and, and able to say, hey, something's not right. But the idea of still seeking mental health is kind of um, taboo. Um, you have to do it, some believe you have to do it privately. So I think that we're speaking more about it, but because the generations before us didn't seek out mental health or they were, there were severe cases where you would call those the mentally ill or the mentally impaired, they didn't correlate it to everyday mental health or mental wellness. So I think it's breaking that generational cycle and making it a normal thing to seek out mental health um, or mental wellness. I think that's the difference in the dynamic and why it's hard in our community. Um, I think the more we talk about it, though, and the more we raise awareness, and now we are raising our children to hey, it's okay to see a therapist. I see a therapist. Let's talk about it, um, and being vulnerable in that light to share that information. Um, and I just think um, when we talk about the generations before the millennials, they weren't really into that um, because of how their parents did it. You know, that was that was the generation that said, "Well, my mom always did it this way." My daddy didn't say that anything was wrong with that. I'm okay. Or they also saw the severe mentally ill being put out on the streets um, due to um, governmental changes and walking amongst those, you would think like, oh, I, I am okay. I'm not, I'm not that bad. I don't have, I might not be bipolar. I might not be schizophrenic. And while those conditions are also very manageable, you can work right next to that person. It wasn't always the case in the past. So I think just changing that narrative and speaking out about it more will start to um, make more people comfortable with saying, hey, I'm in therapy. Hey, I got some stuff going on. And we see so much in the media that it's affecting us all. And we can't run from it. We cannot hide from that now. There's no way possible. Like you can't say you saw so-and-so get gunned down different people several times on social media and then not have any effect on you mentally.
0: I totally agree, especially with the generational part. Like, you know, for my generation, I, I love it now because it's kind of like, we're so open to talk about it. We're almost applauded, you know, for seeking help. And, you know, just saying things, things like that, maybe like someone from like my grandmother's generation, they're going to be like depression. No, you don't have depression. You're just sad, but it's different, you know? And it's kind of like having those conversations, like you said, is like, getting into the process of being like it's more than just being sad it's this it's more than just you know anxiety it's this it's just like dissecting and having those types of conversations and I think you kind of pinpointed on that is like we have to make like safe spaces for them as well because something that I unfortunately hear a lot is kind of like well yeah I can talk to my school counselor about it but like they're just going to tell everyone and their mom like so even like in school sometimes people can't talk to their own counselors and just be like Open and aware because they're afraid that like they're going to tell their parents even though they say that they don't some do and it's kind of like they're going to tell their parents you're going to tell you know the principal and things like that and they're going to think that there's something seriously wrong but really just need someone to talk to so providing those uh, safe spaces I think is really crucial especially when trying to have those conversations uh, but Latasha like what do you think about that why do you think that is difficult for um, you know people in the black community to receive help. Uh, Getting mental health or even like seeking therapy or things like that. Why do you think it is difficult?
2: I definitely agree with you all. It's definitely generational. Um, Another angle to look at it from is just from the lack of education and just not knowing what mental health is or um, having the resources to actually reach out and get the help. Because, you know, um, there's different ways to receive treatment, it's not always going to see a therapist. There are things that you can do at home by yourself to aid your mental health, but a lot of people don't know this or have the resources or the knowledge to do so. So I believe that um, once people are actually talking about it, sharing their resources and sharing the education and knowledge, it will get more people involved, you know what I'm saying, to actually go and receive the help that is needed in the community.
0: Absolutely whole thing is just like you know having those conversations you know just breaking those barriers but you guys I've been so engulfed in this conversation that I lost track of time but we are at our break benchmark but thank you both Aisha and Latasia for joining me thus far just talking about you know maybe the barriers that uh, Black people face in trying to receive help mentally and like the support from that it's been a wonderful conversation so far and we'll be right back after this break. This is Sydney Chalene, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast,
2: Perfect Timing, that'll be broadcasted on Mondays at
0: 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that'll talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again. I have Aisha Habib and Letesia Lasuz. And I'm just so excited to continue on this conversation about mental health, because you guys know how much of an advocate that I am. But I kind of wanted to you know, make the box a little bit smaller based on mental health and um, get into Letesia about like the psychological component of that. Um, and like, do you feel like there's a gap between the psychological component and mental health in the Black community? And if there's some type of separation, why do you think it's there?
2: I believe there's definitely a gap in the psychological component when it comes to mental health. And it can largely be due to uh, lack of research um, done within the Black community when it comes to psychology. So once a study is done and you know we receive the results of a treatment study, um, it's very important that participants are, you know, from different parts of the community. And being that the Black community isn't included in these studies it's hard for us to determine if it's an effective treatment for Black people because we aren't being included in studies. Once we bridge that gap between psychological research and the Black community, we'll be able to determine which effective um, treatments are best for us.
0: Absolutely. Like that research component is huge. Like, you know, when you're trying to look something up, if it doesn't apply to you at all, how do you know that you're a part of it? And, you know, just like getting that research in there and just like trying to pinpoint like which areas it is coming from. If you feel like, you know, you are experiencing depression, but it's, it's coming from something different from someone else. How do you know, like, if you kind of like look through, because I know people do this all the time when we like look up the symptoms of something on Google, and it's kind of like, if we don't meet this list, how do we know that we are a part of it? Or if it's even depression at all, it could be something else. So like, I definitely agree that that research is something that definitely needs to be made. So I'm glad you're taking your part in trying to evolve that. <laughs> and Aisha, this next one can be for you. Um, while you do support mothers and daughters in their relationships, uh, do you have like a certain goal that you want them to achieve?
1: Definitely. Um, my overall goal for that mother-daughter relationship is improve communication and vulnerability. Um, I think that will set the foundation for a flourishing relationship. So for me, me, when you think about a mother, um, we make so many sacrifices as a mother, whether you're a single mother, whether you're married, whatever it may be, we make so many sacrifices that we don't even share with our children. And sometimes those sacrifices create frustration, we're stressed out, we're stretching ourselves thin, and sometimes we take it out on our children, or we become distant, or we're just like, we need some me time. And the child has no idea why. They're just like, What did I do? Or I just or I'm being a normal kid, or we feel like they're not being grateful. Well, what are they grateful for? They didn't even know what you did, they didn't know you canceled your hair appointment and your nail appointment so you could run them around town cause they wanted to go skating. They had no idea cause you didn't share it, you just did it because that's normally what we do as mothers. So I think that sometimes, um, especially with our daughters, right, we wanna, we, we wanna um, put an end to that narrative of that strong black woman. Cause sometimes being strong is being weak, is being vulnerable, is showing them that side. Hey, this is hard. What I'm doing right now is hard. I'm not upset that I'm doing it. I'm not mad that I have to do it. But daughter, you need to know that this is a hard. And it's a hard that I chose. And I want to do it with you. And I want to do it to my best ability. But I need some feedback from you as well. So we create that and we start to have those conversations and open up those lines of communication. It makes them more vulnerable with us. We build a relationship of um, trust, better rapport with each other. And I just think that's the foundation for whatever else we want after that.
0: I am so in love with like the narrative that like we're the new one that we're trying to create around like black women and just being like strong as being more than just like this kind of box right here. And so for me personally, like, Help was not an option. Well, obviously, it was an option, but in my mind, I kind of set up like, oh, I can handle this big buttload of work that I have to do. Like it's fine. And people like it's kind of funny. Like at school, people call me Miss Collins because it's kind of like this statue that I'm on. And like people like they're like, Cindy, you're gonna be the next president of the United States. I'm like, Good Lord, <laughs> like you know, like it's just like a lot that I do, and so i am you know, obviously like feel respected for that because people think that I can handle such like a high stature, like of stuff, and so. I did have a friend and like we were talking like around like December time and he'd be like are you okay Sydney and I'm like yeah I'm fine and then he'd be like no you're not and I'm like how are you really right and then like he was one of the like first people to like really ask me like Sydney like this is a lot like how can we help break this down? How can we help do this? And I'm like, thank you so much. You don't understand. Cause it's kind of like, it's not that I am afraid to ask for help. It's just kind of like, I want to feel so self-sufficient and like lack of a better term. I don't want to feel like a burden to other people if I do ask for help. And there's so much so like,
1: strength in asking for help. There is, right is. Um, Cause that's that vulnerability, being vulnerable, right? Exactly. I-
0: I've learned to embrace that. Like my ver- my vulnerability is like my best attribute. Mm. That's right. amazing.
1: yeah it's so necessary right and it's just being like
0: so angry to the point and this is like another narrative that people like to put like black women into it's just being like I'm not going crazy like I'm being so upset that I'm emotional about it like oftentimes when I'm mad I'm crying because it's just like all this pressure on my shoulders that I'm trying to let go but I'm really glad that you know you're trying to embrace that and just really just help the relationship between mothers and daughters and you also mentioned like comfortability because it's kind of like I'm not going to talk about this boy problem I have with my mom if I feel like she's not going to, you know, be open to talking about
1: it. You know, she's just like kind of building that. Or if she can't even relate, because no matter what age you are, there is some boy problems. Whether it's with your husband, it's like we nobody's perfect. No relationship is perfect. So there's going to be something to talk about. So you, of course, talk about it at an age appropriate level. Mm-hmm. But there are some conversations about hey, I'm going through things and stuff just like you and I'm not putting this burden on you, but let's kick it. Come on, let's go out to eat. Let's have some brunch and let's talk about it. Right? What did I say to you? No, he didn't. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you get to instill those lessons, um, those lifelong lessons that they hold on to and they implement in their adulthood.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about creating a safe space and just having that comfortability and holding those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are, you know, for me at least, I am wrapping up my junior year. And let me tell you, I think I'm gonna name the word for the year is defeated. Oh my gosh, like vice versa. Like sometimes I feel like school defeated me and there's times where I feel like I defeated school. It's a nice mix, but sometimes like I just feel like that defeated part of like school taking over me has been a little strong lately. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I need to get through this. We're almost there. We're almost there. But a part of that, there's a lot of mental health things that go into that. And so like, for me personally, February was hard month in terms of like deadlines for school the things I do outside of school it's just like this heavy weight so I'm I also feel that you know other students experience this all the time so I want you guys to you know kind of speak on you know unfortunately we did have a recent suicide of Arlana Miller who you know she just felt so much pressure from the world and just that she just didn't want to do it anymore and so it's sad that people experience these kind of things all the time it's kind of like this is my breaking point I've done everything I can and i still feel like this and like the fact that that would be like their last resort and that's an, even an option is something that is heartbreaking to me. So i kind of want to talk about like how do you help someone, you know, that's going through that or if you see someone struggling and you trying to want to guide them into getting help like how do we approach that Latasia? Maybe you can start this one off.
2: Yes. I think this is so important to talk about because when you're navigating society, people have so many expectations of you. And sometimes, you know, they don't even realize it, and how much pressure that can put on someone. Um, so I think that when you um, when you want to discuss that with someone. I definitely believe that you have to make someone realize that, you know, at the end of the day, you come first. Your mental health comes first. There's nothing more important because those same people that have these expectations for you, they wouldn't be able to have them if you weren't alive. You know, so I definitely think that just making sure that people realize that they are the most important thing.
1: I love that. (laughs) If you are alive, how do you expect if I'm not alive, you can't have any expectations to me. That is like the key Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: but i definitely believe in implementing boundaries i am strong on boundaries i am strong on my self-care so i actually um implement rituals so i have bedtime ritual what i do before i go to bed what i do in the morning when i wake up but also like you mentioned before having that safe space finding you that safe person to talk to um Even if you don't have the words to say it while you are in a healthy space, create something where whether it's um, the cold word, whether you say sunny outside or if it's a phrase that you use. I um, encourage this with my mothers and daughters. If you have something that you don't that you want to talk about, but you don't really know the words to say, but it needs to be you need some attention somewhere. Then you have a cold word that you throw out and you say it and they know, Okay, they need me for something. Drop everything. You need me for something. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm just sitting here being a imp, being present for you, holding this space for you, you know I'm available for you. We don't have to talk. You might just want a deep hug, and you just want to cry. Because sometimes I've been in that space where if somebody hugged me tight enough, their shirt's gonna be wet when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes it's necessary just to hold that space. Um, so that's one thing um, I encourage people. If you know someone, or if you have someone that is strong, that likes to do it all on their own and they tend to hold things in and um, just let them know that you're always holding space for them.
0: Yeah, that's definitely been something that's been helpful to me or like if I have shared that with a friend and just being like, I'm here whenever you need and just being like an open resource is like, I'm really busy, but I will always try to make time and just make sure that if I'm the last person in the world that they were able to talk to, I want to be, you know, there. So I'm able to like drive me away from a situation. You know, one of the main things that I feel that most people think about when they're having suicidal thoughts and things like that, it's kind of like, what is my purpose here? Like I have no purpose uh, to me, God, if you believe like he designedly like made you to be in this present moment at this time for this long for a reason, you are not here because of some random decision. Everything was made intentionally for you. And it's, there's beauty in that. I'm just kind of like, I'm here to, you know, impact people. I'm here to be my own person. I'm here to do this. And it's kind of like, when we lose sight of that, it's kind of like, well, what is the purpose of all of this? Mm-hmm. So I know, I feel like students experience that all the time where it's kind of like, all oh, this is for nothing. Like, I don't want to be here. Like just trying to see like past that trying to uplift them in a certain way. Like sometimes like social media, I have a love-hate relationship with it. But when I saw that post, when I was talking about, you know, you're here for a reason, I was like, oh my gosh, I needed to see this today, you know, and just kind of like having an open space, like you said, Ms. Aisha, and just like having those conversations. Absolutely.
1: I definitely think things are intentional. Everything is in divine order. Um, and there are no mistakes. Everything is a building block. So if you want to know why you're here, think about where you've been, what you've overcome. I always tell people, wherever we are today, you have lived through 100% of your bad days. You might have more, but you'll, you're going to, we're going to live through that one, too mm-hmm. together. let let's mm-hmm. do it. We have did right. 100% already. We got our right. it's, it's good. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think another
0: thing that I always like to say is kind of like, even if you show up, if you only gave like 50% of that day or like 10% of yourself that day, you gave 100% of that 10% Absolutely. and that's like all that matters.
1: Yeah. I always talk about the art of grace. So that was a segment we did with Save a Girl and just being grace, giving yourself grace. We're so patient with Through the pandemic, with restaurants, with poor service, with all of these things, give yourself that same grace that you allow others. Why are they allowed to give you poor service? You're like, well, they just short on staff, or that I'm short on capacity in my brain right now. (laughs) I'm gonna give myself some grace, (laughs) right? I'm so like thankful you said that because that was like,
0: I'm I'm being so serious. Like day three of 2022, like I was talking to Miss Miss Harvey, and she was just saying like Sydney this was after the interview she was like Sydney you need to give yourself grace and I was just kind of like what do you mean like I was kind of like I take all take on all these things I've gotten this far what do you mean I have to give myself grace you know because like I didn't allow myself that I would be so like such a stickler in everything that I did that I didn't allow myself to take a break I didn't allow myself to do these things and like finally my body is catching up with me um as you guys like probably know i'm like i'm also a ballet dancer so like when i would get home at like 10 o'clock at night like every night i would just be like okay i'll sleep for like an hour then i'll get up and like work throughout the night and at some point like within this past two weeks like my body was just like enough you mm-hmm. can't keep doing that and you it's just kind like, of like a wake up call yeah, yeah. if you sit down or god will sit you down <laughs> yeah exactly it's just kind of like if you don't see it he'll show you don't yeah. worry it's gonna come
1: <laughs> definitely
0: right But to tie this back into, you know, Save a Girl, Save a World, um, and as uh, an intern, um, excuse me, as an intern Latasia and Aisha, your association with Save a Girl, Save a World, uh, what can you do more privately to help students who are experiencing mental health issues? Latasia, or actually, no, Aisha, do you want to start?
1: Sure. Okay, Um, sure. Go ahead. And then Latasia, we can go. Yeah. So privately, what I do, I am a licensed mental health therapist. So I work one-on-one. I provide group sessions. Um... I am always a resource. So even if someone is not my client and they reach out to me on social media, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. I am also um, big on energy. So the exchange of energy. So I connect with people on a different level. So I'm quick to um, recognize when some Hey, I haven't seen you on here. And it might might be two weeks later, but I'm reaching out hey, Latasia, where you been? I haven't seen you post in a while or you normally send me something in the morning. Where have you been? So that's just, um, and that's just a part of who I am naturally. So definitely um, continue to have those conversations and making sure I stay connected to my community.
2: Yes, that is definitely something that I do as well. Um, I love to just put a smile on people's face. That's the most important thing for me. I love um, providing people with a safe space to be themselves. I always tell people, um, Sometimes I don't tell people, you know, people are just comfortable sharing things with me that they normally wouldn't. Um, and it just comes naturally sometimes, you know, they just feel open because I'm very non-judgmental. I'm very big on allowing people to be themselves fully unapologetically. So that's definitely one thing. Another thing for me is I'm big on meditation and yoga. So I love to share those resources with others. I love to um, do creative things because I feel like creativity is a great outlet um, just to express their emotions and feelings. So um, I usually tell my friends, like, let's go out and dance. You know, let's let's go out um, to open mic. I do poetry as well. So just doing different things like that, different um, creative outlet for people, just giving people the safe space to be themselves that's very important absolutely and
0: you know you mentioned that judgment part of it like another reason why people don't want to talk about it is because they feel like they'll be judged so just being like I'm an open book I will observe whatever it is that you're sharing with me and it'll be okay don't expect me to like be a sickler don't expect me to be like you know your mom and just be like oh uh, why'd you do that you know just kind of be the listening ear sometimes that's all we need sometimes So absolutely. But I thank you both so much for joining me. This has been a beautiful conversation. I could stay out here all day and talk about it if you had the time. However, we are wrapping up. But before I close, why don't you share with us how our listeners can reach and follow you? Aisha, we can start with you.
1: You can follow me on Instagram. Aisha, A-I-S-H-A dot Habib, H-A-B as in boy, E as in Edward, E as in Edward, B as in boy, dot L-M-S-W. And I'm also on Facebook under Aisha Habib LMSW, I think. Um, Or you can connect with me on my website. Um, I have a chat section, www.aishahabib.com.
2: All right. And you all can follow me at Latasia Lasus. That's on Instagram. It is L is in Larry, A is in Apple, T is in Tina, A is in Apple, J is in Jump, A is in Apple, H is in Horse. L is in Larry, A is an apple, S is in Susie, S is in Susie, U is a unicorn, and S as in Susie. Latajia Lasus on Instagram. I love that.
0: <laughs> Thank you both for joining me. Uh, before we go, I do want to mention to you all listening that Save Girl, Save World is having an essay policy pitch competition. Uh, the deadline for this is May 27th, and it is basically you know just talking about uh, smoking and tobacco and just things like that, and just having an awareness conversation about it. So you can either send in a thousand word essay on smoking and you know things associated with that and tobacco, a two to three minute video discussion, a five to seven minute video like presentation. And so like I said, the deadline is May 27th. If you win, in first place you can win fifteen hundred dollars Second place is 750 and third place is 500 if you are interested in applying again the deadline is May 27th thank you uh, you can go to save a girl save a world website and find all the information there I hope you guys can apply and you know just see what you can see what you can do put yourself out there but before I close today's episode I want to remind all the ladies or the guys, whoever's listening, that you guys are loved, you guys are appreciated. Your presence here is marked and it is something that we all can rely on. And I'm just so happy that even if you haven't gone something, if you, you know, experienced suicidal thoughts, if you have, you know, been going through a rough time recently, we are proud of you for still being here and just pushing through it. Because remember, all the bad days remind us to appreciate the good days. So thank you all so much for joining me. I would also like to take the time to recognize Ms. Arlana Miller, who recently had passed away due to suicide, and I just want to give my thoughts and prayers out to her family. I know that is not something easy for, you know, a family to go through, and that, you know, just something that a mark has been made on that, and I'm just glad that I'm able to talk about it and have an open conversation about it here, so just sending my thoughts and prayers out to her family. Again, thank you both so much for joining me. This has been a beautiful conversation, Um, and again, this is Perfect
1: Timing.